Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2022. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines. You know what to do with that. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And we are breaking down all 24 episodes of The Golden Palace, which, of course, is a spinoff of The Golden Girls and is currently streaming in the United States, at least, on Hulu. Yes. Oh my gosh. It is happening. It's happening. I feel so excited and tingly. I don't know what to do with these emotions. I know. Well, this is our first one, our first new one that we're recording. I know. I feel so different yet so old. Yeah. It feels like losing your virginity for a second time. It doesn't actually that, that it does not. That was painful. I, I did that with the Dennis Rodman doll. So let's not talk about, I mean, it started with that and then it led to the actual thing, but yeah. (laughs) because it took the head of the doll not the feet it was like a mattel doll and we were playing around and then we were like oh that's 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 fun and then we used the real thing so it's nothing like that actually at least not for me wow (laughs) we have not even said what episode we are covering (laughs) welcome back you guys one back 1,000%. You've already gone off on a tangent completely unrelated to the episode. Well, you brought up like virginity and it's not like that at all for me. I'm just saying. I, wow. I have to respond my truth. Golden Girls fans out there, you asked for it, you received. I mean, (laughs) if it isn't uncomfortable, is it even me? No, that is, no, no. Thank you. Uh, hey, everybody. We Hi. just watched season one, episode two, titled Promotional Considerations, which aired on September 25th, 1992, and is the one where, just like in the pilot, the hotel isn't doing well, so the women need to drum up some new business. Also, Bobcat Goldthwait guest stars and steals every scene that he's in, and Truly. I am here for it. Yeah, it is. It's so funny. Like, it, I... I was too young at the time to probably have formed a rational opinion about this episode. But now as an adult human being and watching this episode, I was like, oh, did they just, they just did the pilot again. Like it kind of just feels like the pilot again. And I mean, it was good. It wasn't bad. It was an enjoyable. There were so many funny moments in it. I mean, spoilers, but we're about to break it all down. But like thrice makes a comeback and like wetting the bed. There are so many little nice moments in this that like it is an enjoyable different episode from the pilot, but also writers like 
you could have figured out something else. <laughs> it it did feel a little bit about the pilot. It, it yeah. felt a bit like the pilot. It's also, it's so funny in our last episode, we were like, you know what, guys, <laughs> we're going to be so celebratory about the Golden Palace. Just you see, it's all going to be sunshines and compliments. <laughs> and here we are right out the gate. We're like, they're hey, lazy. I It was, it is happier. I said it wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. <laughs> We have so much to get into. We don't even so good to be back. The typical pleasantries that Carrie and I typically do at the beginning of every every episode, because we released both this episode one and episode two on the same day. We're not even going to go down that road, even though I did just give you a very uncomfortable story about Dennis Rodman doll. So with that said, I think we should just get right into the episode. Don't you think? I think we should get right in because I my notes are I mean, they span pages. I'm sure I'm sure they do. But before before we actually get into the episode, there's one small little thing I do want to say at the top of this episode is we are now on we have been for many years now on the Hoo Ha Ha Network, which is an incredible network. And so you guys should go check them out. Check out the other podcasts that are on Hoo Ha Ha and see if there's anything of your liking. Definitely. It's a fun little network to be on. So we wanted to give that plug as well and also everybody who works at hoo-ha-ha that we've interacted with they have so all kind. been so, so kind nice. and, and they're so eager for us to i mean literally we they picked us up right when we were kind of coming to the end of our rewatch which was a weird time to be picked up by a network and, and but it has proven to be very successful partnership for us because people have discovered our old episodes of the golden girls rewatch you know that we did but now they're so gung-ho about us doing this rewatch, which is like so exciting. So definitely go check out Hoo Ha Ha. They do some really great stuff and we're really happy to be a part of the family. Ha ha ha. I right. have to do the ha 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 of the hoo ha ha. You have to do the hoo ha ha. Hoo I'll do the who and you do the ha ha. Ready? Okay. Hoo. Ha ha. Hoo. Ha ha. I think we just gave them a commercial. I think we did too. All right, everybody. Cool. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay. We are back, back, back. We are back, <laughs> back, back. So, you know, one thing uh, I wanted to do before we get into the episode, okay. I really wanted to break down. I wanted to do this in episode one and I fully forgot. So I'm doing this in episode two. The credits, and this is the only time we'll do this, but the credits for this, this the, the song change. What are your thoughts on the song change of Thank You for Being a Friend? Because it's, it's polarizing. 
Well, we did talk about it in the last episode. Oh, in 2019. In 2019. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it was 11,000 years ago. Why don't you That's remember true. this? That's true. I totally forgot. We about did it. talk well, but, about it. And but also the moments in the credits, too. There are some really funny moments. Like, there's a funny moment where Rose gets flashed. Oh, I... I think I was typing over the credits because I was listening to the song and singing along and bouncing my foot, but I don't know that I was watching it or really paying attention, but um, I will reiterate, like I said, back in 2019, I think the new um, opening theme song was really, you know, I I think they wanted it to feel like those TGIF shows because this show mm. sort of became part of CBS's quote unquote TGIF block with, you know, designing women in those other shows, major dad, maybe. Yeah. Um, so when you hear it and if you were to play it alongside the family matters theme song, the full house theme song, oh. um, rest in peace, Bob Saget. Oh my God. I think that, you know, you would, they, they sound kind of similar. I don't know. I feel like they were just trying to, give the show a, a fresh coat of paint. And it did kind of become a quote unquote family show in that like the child was there and it was a foster. I mean, it was like, it was going in a direction that was, um, it had that feel for sure, that TGIF feel. So I get it. But like, I'm really just obsessed with the, the scene where Rose is delivering towels to uh, one of the hotel rooms and she covers her eyes. So I want to know what she saw. Like, I want to know what creep behind that door decided to answer the door in a really uncomfortable way that prompted Rose to shield her eyes. Oh, hashtag. What did Rose see? What did Rose see? That is going to be making the murderer season three. I think we Mm. just discovered that (laughs) or serial season four or whatever it is. Yeah, that's it. What did Rose see? I got it. What did Rose see? I don't know. Coming soon to out on the lanai. (laughs) What did Rose see? Um, So, Yeah, you and I have already kind of mentioned this. It was so interesting as I was watching this. And again, I can't remember the last time I saw this episode or if I've ever seen this episode, to be honest, um, because not all were available on YouTube, as far as I recall. But it, I was watching it and I was like, oh, oh, this is okay. This is another episode where the hotel isn't doing well and they need to drum up new business or else it might be shut down but not really like <laughs> yeah and that they're 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 finding different ways of different people coming to the hotel and like the only thing that was different was there was no like convention of travel people coming to the hotel or something and this no just a writer just just a writer and potentially a series of murderers coming to the hotel um to stay that was the only <laughs> difference uh but this episode does feature the dynamic between uh blanche's character and and don Cheadle as well i'm mm-hmm. always I, I see him as don Cheadle. i never remember the character's name he's just don Cheadle to me which is roland i like I, he's don Cheadle. he's just don Cheadle. um that said that that relationship between the two of them they really build that up here and sort of establish their working relationship which i it was the scenes were great between them yeah, um, we're going to get into that. I have a couple oh, of questions about that as well. Oh, you don't think they were great? You don't like my snack, Don Cheadle? No, oh, no, I love Don Cheadle. I think he's great. Um, We'll get into it when we when we get to that part. Let's break it down. Um, Let's break it down. Let's, okay. So we, the episode starts, it's been so long since I've said those words. <laughs> the episode starts with, um, you know, Sophie's in the kitchen and, uh, little Oliver comes in looking like um like a like straight out of newsies he's got like the little yeah. like, dirt on his face and stuff and 
Um, he was hosing out the dumpster and cleaning out the back alley. And Blanche is like, oh, maybe I'll make him, you know, maybe I'll make you custodian supervisor. And I immediately started typing down. I was like, excuse me, child labor laws. <laughs> but then when Sophia hands him a nice <clears throat> shiny quarter, he's like, oh, thanks. Maybe later I'll call the child labor board. So I was like, you know what? Oliver, you know what's up. It's I'm good... no longer worried for your well-being. Like, yeah, he's a smart, witty little kid, especially for a character that has no point in being there. Literally, it is, I don't understand why the little boy is there. I get it. I get why he's there, like, in a rational way. But in a story way, I'm like, no, this kid does not need to be here. I think, I don't know. I, I think, again, talking about fresh coats of paint, it feels a little bit like, they wanted to mix up the dynamic a little bit. And they were like, why don't we throw a kid into the mix? And, and I, I, I do believe he falls out of the series at some yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so maybe it wasn't working for them, but you know what, you have, honestly, good on them have, for trying. You have two other characters that are so, I wouldn't say strong, but the actors are very strong with Cheech mm-hmm. Marin and Don Cheadle that it adds a bit of, well, it adds a bit of diversity and different types of dialogue that you can have between characters that never existed on the Golden Girls, which is really exciting, especially particularly between um, Don Cheadle and, and Rue McClanahan's character. Like the fact that they're able to have, and we'll see in upcoming episodes, really uncomfortable conversations about race and about power dynamics and about men and women and management and all these different things. Like it's it's a really interesting back and forth that I think, I really applaud the writers for going in that direction because, you know, the early nineties, even though there wasn't a crazy ton of diversity on television, in some ways it does sometimes feel like there was more diversity on television in the early nineties than there has been in the past 20 years on television today. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think of shows like family matters. I think of shows like, you know, there's so many different like examples of shows where, yeah, there were a lot of like really sort of one note shows like, sorry, full house you know, there was rarely ever a person of color on Full House, except for maybe one of the little kid friends. And, and yet you had shows like Family Matters, you had, you had different, 21 Jump Street, you had different shows that were showing sort of like different viewpoints, you know, and I think the Golden Girls was really trying to go in that direction with the Golden Palace. Didn't really work, but I think I really applaud them for doing it. I applaud. I applaud. I applaud. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to say applaud, you better applaud. Um, So... The women are all worried because work has been slow and they need to drum up some ideas for new business. Mm-hmm. And Rose wants to do some advertising. Which is genius, and, I think. Smart on Rose. Yeah, good on Rose. Rose actually has some good ideas in this episode. And whenever they say, whenever she says, I have an idea, the girls laugh, which is really funny to me. Everybody I definitely laughs. was laughing. Yeah. Um, but she says, um, you know, for advertising, all we have to do is write Golden Palace on something everyone sees. And Sophia's like, what do you say, Blanche? You up for another tattoo on your butt? It made me laugh. Actually, LOL'd. Actually, I LOL'd. Left. Yeah, so good. So funny. Yeah, because Blanche I is left. still a slut. And as we will see in, uh, well, we saw in the last episode, we see in pretty much every episode, she'll do anything to make this hotel work, even sleep with men. See, I haven't watched ahead, so. No, that, I mean, remember when she was doing it with the pool guy? Like, she was willing to oh, cut a deal. I, and I think that was the last episode. She was willing to cut a deal with the pool guy just to, like, save on paying him for a month. She would have fully slept with him just to save on paying him for a month. He was a good looking pool guy. I would have definitely slept I will with him say, as well. Or at least given uh, him a handy. Yes. Um. So 
there's also a uh, a man named Ken McGowan who is a writer mm-hmm. for the Times. For the Times, the, the who Times. Knows where? But the Times. He's checking in today. Um, Roland wants to check him in. Blanche insists that she does it, and Which this I is don't kind get of why she's pushing back on Roland so hard here. This is, yeah, this is where I have a little bit of a hard time understanding sort of where Blanche is coming from because. I understand. First of all, Ken McGowan, it doesn't go anywhere. Like yeah. he, the guy checks and he completely falls out. Yeah. But I, so Roland was successfully running this hotel before mm-hmm. the women showed up. Yeah. And it seems like Blanche hasn't, like she has not, or, or even with Sophia and Rose, they have not talked about and defined what their roles are and how Roland's role has changed. And so Roland is just going about running the hotel the way that he's been doing because the women don't have any experience. And Blanche should actually be having a conversation with her business partners. Like there's a scene where Sophia took all of the meat out of the freezer and completely ruined it because she needed to make room for her frozen margarita mix. And Blanche <laughs> doesn't even have a sit down with her. Yeah. She instead gets mad at Chewy and it's like Blanche, like y'all as business partners really need to sit down and have some serious conversations because if you're worried about money and the business going under, why don't you start with Sophia throwing out meat? That's something if Gordon Ramsay were to show up on an episode of Kitchen Nightmares, he would yell so hard at Sophia for throwing out that meat because you're yeah. wasting money. It just seems like Blanche's, like her sort of insecurities or whatever, it feels a little misguided at mm-hmm. Roland. Yeah. That's my feeling. I agree. I agree. It was, it, the whole situation made me feel uncomfortable because here is this person who obviously has like institutional knowledge of how this place works, even though it wasn't necessarily working great under his leadership, it at least was staying afloat, you know, and, and he knows more about who is who and what's what and where things go. And even if you don't necessarily want to make him the manager or the like you know really in charge of everything you can at least like trust okay well let's there's there's a way to mediate that there's a way to make it sort of but then again if they did that we wouldn't have the 23 episodes that we had or 23 minutes that we had so like everything would have stopped in that moment so we need to give up a little bit and let there be a little friction so they Mm -hmm. can have that tension and resolve it by the end of the episode which they do in a really fun way what i would have liked to have seen is if they had different ways of doing things yeah if roland's managerial style was different than blanche's and if he was like hey this is what i've known to work and if blanche is like right but i want to try this new thing Mm -hmm. then i'd be like oh okay but it's just it's not a matter of how it's going to be done it's just a matter of who's going to do it and honestly when you have five people including a child who are running an entire hotel with like 42 rooms yeah maybe that's not the kind of stuff like who's gonna check in ken mcgowan maybe that's the kind of stuff that you shouldn't be worried about also one uh, just in terms of like a structural thing one thing that i don't that i i wish there was some differences in because one of the things that the golden girls did great in the original run is that they had very clearly defined different A and B stories oftentimes. And they're the even though the stories connected at times, it that gave the the audience a different 
angle to love the episode. You know what I mean? Like I think of like the chronic fatigue syndrome episode. One of my favorite B plots ever is Blanche and her becoming a, a great writer. And it's like such a wonderful juxtaposition to the very seriousness of the episode. And I love that. Whereas in the Golden Palace, at least thus far, it's like everyone's story melts into the same story and they're not really doing anything different. Everything is speaks to one another. So like, you know, Blanche deals with Roland, of course, about trying to get more business and how to manage the hotel while Sophia makes ridiculous flyers and does a margarita thing that also relates to Blanche's storyline with Roland. And Rose does the advertising thing that brings in the murderers that relates to Blanche. So everything relates to what Blanche and Roland are dealing with. And I just wish Rose had a different adventure or had a different conflict in the episode that just gave the audience a different take on where to go with the story. I I hear you. I, I think when um when a television show does like one big story that has smaller runners and when it's done well, it's really well. Like one of the yeah. greatest episode of Friends is the one where no one's ready in season two. Mm, and yeah. the whole thing takes place. It's and I think it also takes place in real time. And it's a bottle episode. It all takes place in Monica's apartment. And it's just Ross is trying to get everybody ready mm -hmm. uh, to go to this like thing event at the museum where he's being honored. And nobody wants to get ready. Joey and Chandler having a fight. Monica's just broken up with Richard and she's try trying to figure out if she ca should call him. He yeah. gets into a little fight with Rachel and it's wonderful. In the Golden Palace, I'm not as upset that they that they chose to do like one sort of big A story. Um, what I would have loved though is that is, I, I guess it's just because it, it's all around the business of the hotel. Yeah. We're not getting as many the, the sort of Roland Blanche storyline is sort of like it's a problem between the two characters and not an external problem like, oh, we need to make money to keep the hotel afloat because yeah. the, the, the stories that are, you know, problems within an existing relationship are the most interesting where, you know, um, you know, Dorothy is going out with uh, Elliot and he hits on Blanche and Rose and Dorothy doesn't believe Blanche yeah. because she thinks she's jealous. Those character stories are the ones I love the most. And because the external conflict is we got to keep the, you know, the, the we got to keep the the hotel open or we need to do new, you know, better business. It's not of an, it's not enough. And the women me. are all split up doing yeah. it. You know, I, I didn't love that, but there were so many fun things that I loved. Um, like Sophia's idea um, to drum up business is to hand out flyers advertising free margaritas so that yeah. when people come to the hotel, they'll be too drunk to drive and they'll and, take their keys and make them check in. Yeah, which is a genius idea. And I feel like it probably has been done in really shady hotels before, but also her slogan. She had like get, a slogan. Oh, it was, it's it's part of my get drunk and wake up in a strange hotel in America campaign. It yeah. made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Which is like, you know, I think right now as we get to a more quote unquote normal part of the pandemic and people are traveling again, even though numbers are high right now as we speak, it's still like, hey, I like her campaign to get people back into traveling, going to hotels and stuff. You know what I mean? Get people drunk, stay in a hotel. It just, it feels like one of those fun kind of Sophia schemes yeah. and she kind of ropes Oliver into doing it with her, yeah. um, which I think is really fun. Um, and then Rose, so Rose's idea, so her initial idea was to get a mascot. Yeah, and which was a sheep. She was going to get a sheep. I know, but you know what? She's so proud when she, she announces what the slogan was going to be. The Golden Palace, not a bad place to stay. 
she was so proud so and, proud and blanche is like no sheep and, and rose goes no sheep rose that's all i ever hear from you i thought that was also a really fun <laughs> joke um but so that was her idea that she quickly put to bed um but then and again this is where like some of this stuff is so convoluted mm-hmm. rose went down to the tv station to check out advertising rates for the hotel she ran into an old friend who's a producer on the barbara legrant show which because I was she used like, to work at the tv station so that's right but you know. like oh why couldn't she run into and Enrique Mas. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Give the Golden Girls fans some like I was like, who's Barbara Legrand? Are we gonna meet Barbara Legrand? Are we gonna see the taping of we the show? We only hear her. We only hear Barbara. No. Um, and there, so so the deal that she made, which is actually a really good deal, mm-hmm. is that they're going to start plugging the hotel on the show, and all they have to do is put up the guests for free. Which is what Oprah used to do with that the Grand Hyatt or whatever. At the end of every episode, they would say, I forget what it was, but I just I remember love I loved hearing that, you know. Oh, yeah, it was always you know, guests of Ricky Lake stay at the blah yeah. blah blah, guests yeah. of Nickelodeon Gut oh, stay at the Orlando Marriott, whatever. Yeah. Um so yeah, so Rose has got that going on. Um, uh, meanwhile, um, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Chewy has this amazing story. We're in the kitchen. I yeah. like the kitchen set because it's the closest to the, the kitchen and the, the Golden kitchen Girls. Yeah. on Richmond Street. You know, and that's there even where is they... a scene in this in this episode where they're you know because I mean the Golden Girls like you had said before on the on in many episodes on the past podcast that the formula for the golden girls is there's a problem. They talk about it at the kitchen. They solve the problem. Like that Mm -hmm. is basically every episode. And they kind of do that with the golden palace often, but particularly in this episode where in the middle of the episode, there's a, there's a kitchen scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, And we learn uh, a little bit more about Chewy and his backstory. Um, I think like Rose asks him, like, what made him want to start cooking? And he's like, well, actually, I went to the Fashion Institute because I wanted to redefine the male image. Um, But then he was drafted. So he learned how to cook in the military. Um, So and then I like Chewy as a character. I really do. I also enjoy Chewy. I enjoy Cheech Marin. I Um, wish he had more to do. Same with Don Cheadle. I think Don was a great character on this i think he was a great actor great choice it was his first sort of i think probably big thing and i think he was great in it he held his own yeah oh he was fantastic his yeah. jokes land he's got really good reactions like i and he looks so scrumptious yes we've established <laughs> and i'm gonna continue to establish for the next 22 episodes <laughs> all right so that's gonna be our new um was blanche hitting on yeah. Uh, George Clooney is going to be. Uh, I know. Every I week know. Why doesn't she about... hit on Don Cheadle? I don't. Like, know. Maybe. Maybe. Wears those I haven't flowy seen... pants with probably boxers, which leads to things in a future episode. Apparently, there's a there's a moment where we see something. I'm not going to give anything away, but it's a big reveal. That's well, a joke okay. there. <laughs> okay. All right. You know what I'm I'll... talking about? Because you asked what it was in the text chain with Alaska and Elliot. I know, but I. Yeah. Okay. Well, now you have to tell everybody. <laughs> no, I don't. It's going to come up in a couple upcoming. Episodes. I don't, I don't know the, ep- I don't know the episode. Neither so. do I. We haven't seen it yet, but apparently okay. it's very visible and it's a thing that you can see on a map. All right. Okay. <laughs> John Hamm. They used to talk about it. Yes. Um, Don Cheadle was the John Hamm of CBS in the early nineties. Okay. All right. That's all we're going to say. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So Sophia's wasted the meat again. Ro- Blanche needs to have a conversation with her business partners. Fine. Um, and then Roland and Blanche are kind of like going at it back and forth where he's like, 
you know, Blanche comes into the kitchen. He's like, why aren't you at the front desk? And she's like, why are you down here? It's 430. Your shift doesn't start till five. Mm-hmm. And then the promo is about to air on TV. There's just yeah. there's so much going on. There's um, so much going on. And also the promo made no sense to me because it literally like I got what it was. But the action after the promo happened so quickly that I almost didn't get why the promo was there. You know what I mean? Oh, like I was interesting. I was kind of like, OK, OK, we're here. We're doing this now. Let's go. Okay, before we get to that, let's talk about how Blanche keeps announcing that Roland has usurped her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not once, not twice, but Miami is nice. He did it thrice. Thrice. (laughs) (laughs) I literally, like, it was funny when I was, when I was watching that, Michael was here in the room and he was like, wait, thrice, thrice? Like he had a moment of like, what's that? Obviously not a Mm -hmm. Golden Girls fan. Um, yes. So then yeah. um, the yes. So they watched the Barbara Legrant show. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we know that the guests are going to be staying at the Golden Palace. And she says, tune in tomorrow when our guests are men who kill and are set free. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, uh-huh. OK, what a just what a title for an episode of, of your talk show. I mean, I guess it's like punchy and really catchy. Yeah. It's like under but what circumstances are they set free? Did they, did they serve their time? I'm assuming. Yeah. Anyway. So as soon as that is announced in walks, Bobcat Goldthwaite, who, who rightfully so gets an applause break. Who, I mean, we should probably establish who he is. Cause I, I think modern audiences probably don't know him as well as maybe older audiences do. He does a lot of directing now. He directs yeah. a lot of um, TV shows. He directs a lot of a lot of stand-up comedy specials. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, back in the '80s, he was a stand-up. He was an actor. He was really well known for doing this character, this like kind of awkward, loud, bumbling, aggressive, like in the sweaty police academy guy. Movies. Police academy movies. Yeah. In Hot to Trot, which yeah. was. Um, I feel like I've talked about hot to trot on this podcast before. Maybe not, but he's a, he's a cop and his partner is a horse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was in Scrooge. Yeah. He was huge. He was a big, big deal in comedy circles. I mean, he was just Mm -hmm. seen as a very sort of like unique character actor, but that's not his real voice. No, that's not his real voice. And you guys, you've seen the episode, you're watching it, but he's very, it's like, imagine if you were to just write down a sentence and give it to someone. And the way that they read it is the way they pronounce every single word is the last way that you would expect anyone to pronounce all of those words. It's like he yells every adjective. It's like a very, but it's not even yelling. It's like, it no, is yelling. He gets quiet a, too. Yeah. It's this, it's any, he, he does this like guttural, like, <laughs> it's very Pee Wee Herman in a way. There's it's a Pee Wee Herman esque. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's crossover. Um, but he was big. And the fact that he got that applause break just shows how big he was. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. I mean, how big he is, I should say. But he, I mean, but in, you know, in recent years, he went a little back behind the camera and sort of, he stopped mm-hmm. doing a lot of stand up, even though he still does stand up, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't do it as much as I'm just here to check in and I'm going to need a quiet room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they assume because of this episode that he is a murderer that has been set free. And so, of course, you know, Roland and Blanche and all of them and, and, and Rose are terrified of him. And then 
as they're terrified of him and they're going through the scene in walks Sophia, very similar to the when she walked in on this the the Santa, you know, holding everyone hostage in the Golden yes. Girls episode, where Sophia has no fear really because she doesn't know half the time she's just ignorant and she goes through the thing, talking with this guy, giving him margaritas. Like I mean, it's it's. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I also I feel like they really missed an opportunity for a joke when they're checking him in and they're like, what's your name? He's like, Gordon M. Corsé. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that voice anymore. And they say, <laughs> they say, what does the M stand for? And it's like, it stands for murderer, but it, it just, and then he just said it stands for Gordon McRae or McRae. No, Gordon McRae, who is an American actor anyway. Yeah. He was an actor and it's like, I don't know. There was like a really, I thought there was an opportunity for a little bit of a, a murderer yeah. of a mauler of a manslaughter. So many good M words that, you know, that are, you can revolve around murder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was, I mean, he was random, I will say, but he was good. It was a stunt casting moment to probably, I don't know if it was to drive up ratings. Cause I don't think that would have necessarily done that, but it was it was a recognizable face in a show that was brand new. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed him. And yeah. um, so the women are freaked out. They want they want him to leave. They want to kick him out. And now all throughout the episode, Blanche has been saying like I own this hotel, and Rose is like um we we own it. Yeah. She's like yeah whatever. And so when it's time to kick him out, um, she's like you know Blanche is like Rose kick him out. And she's like, Rose is like, why do I have to do it? You own this hotel. Yeah. And she like walks Which is like so smart. So smart. Oh. And then she admits we as she walks away. But like, it's really, it shows mm-hmm. you how smart Rose actually kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. So then Rose bursts into the kitchen at some point, like with Chewy, because the murderer needs his meat. Because um, murderers and- love meat. And Oliver isn't back with the new meat because remember Sophia ruined the old meat. And this is where I just wrote, I wrote in all caps. I still don't understand how an entire hotel is run by like five people. Do they have servers, bussers, a sous chef, it's a like kitchen Jurassic manager? Park. It's like Jurassic Park. When you, when you realize in Jurassic Park that the whole movie and the whole park that has dinosaurs is being ran by like seven people. That's sort of and what one it of them is feels like. But to be fair, the park isn't open yet, but I'm with you. The dinosaurs are there. The staff should be. Yeah. Right. Someone yeah. should be. There were literally like seven people managing dinosaurs. It's the same yeah. thing with this hotel. Also, just before we go on, I, I do want to mention there's a lot of like meat runners in this episode with Sophia. And there's one from the very beginning that I forgot about that I thought was really funny when she was cooking like a pork chop for a guest and they didn't like it because it tasted weird. So she just flipped it over and she served it back to him. And then he ate it and he was like, this is delicious. And then she called him a guts. Like, I thought that was just like perfect Sophia moments. And again, it continues with this meat. So much meat. Yeah. Um. So then we sort of, we get into the scene where it's sort of, if we were on the Golden Girls, it would be like the kitchen scene at night when no one can sleep. Yeah. Um, and Sophia and Chewy are playing poker Chewy for strawberries. Chewy even looks like Dorothy here. I mean, I'm I, just gonna say it. She, He's giving a Dorothy vibe. I wrote, I wrote Chewy's robe, Dorothy? Yeah, it's so <laughs> Dorothy. It's so Dorothy. I do like in this scene that they do, when Blanche comes in, there's a whole like, pot reference thing which of course is calling out you know Cheech Marin's legendary career in comedy as being sort of a a fan of the marijuana 
and it was it was a really it was it was a fun thing to see because the audience got it and it was it's really cool when the audience gets a joke like that it's just it's just cool yeah it was great there was a very long applause break um yeah there him and chewy and sophia are playing poker and they're yeah. playing with strawberries which i thought was just really cute yeah. and yeah uh, uh she wins the pot and blanche is like you know what's going on with you he's like oh sophia got my pot blanche thinks he's talking about a cooking pot and yeah. he's like and then she thinks he's talking about pot pot um yeah it was cute <laughs> did you notice that there is a yellow phone on the wall oh no that's like a little a little homage to richmond Aww. street yeah there's a yellow phone on the wall that's sweet um so uh yeah so rose comes in nobody can sleep um they're all like sitting around the table yeah. uh talking and trying um, to tell blanche that she probably needs to you know give up a little bit to roland that roland needs to be able to feel like he's a part of this operation because he is yes but the bigger question I have about this scene. I think this is, this was maybe my biggest question. So, okay. Again, I just want to talk about the logistics of how the hotel functions. So <laughs> is this going to be an ongoing theme? Maybe. The next 22 I think so. Because okay, I get like, Don Cheadle being hot. You get this. <laughs> yes. I, I, you need to let me have this. I, okay. After hours at a hotel, right? A hotel still functions. People still yeah. walk in and out of the door. Yeah. Like if four out of the five employees are in the kitchen playing poker and the child worker is in bed. Yeah. Also, like who's running the place? Also, Why are they the walking around? Are they the... walking around in the lobby in their PJs in front of the guests? Because they're all in their pajamas, except for I mean, Don Cheadle, who for some reason, he's the only one who's still in like a shirt and a tie and khakis. Which is so unfortunate. Because I want to see him. You wanted to see him in silk PJs. Yeah. I see. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I just that was my I could that was my thing. I was like, what? It is weird. It is weird. I mean, obviously, the other thing that we learn in well, we'll get to that. So in this scene, there's a lot of back and forth with Blanche. And then of course, as Blanche goes on up to because Rose has Blanche go up to check on what's his name? I always forget the little Oh, Oliver. But before we get there, there is a really good joke. Also, I just want to say, I know you, I know you're all listening, going like, Carrie, shut up. It's just a television show. <laughs> I I will also be the first one to say, you know what? When they're all sitting around at nighttime around that kitchen table, it does remind me of them all sitting around the kitchen table yeah. at night on the Golden Girls. And it made me feel comfortable and yeah. warm and fuzzy. Yeah. So I did enjoy it, but like you're also running a business. Um, so they're all talking about, so Blanche, they're basically like Blanche, what's going on with you? And she's yeah. like, she's always wanted to run her own business. Mm -hmm. And there's a really funny, like, she almost joke, admits her age joke too. triplet. Oh, does she? Yeah. There's a moment where she's like, he's young. He has time for this, which oh. I was like, Blanche. Oi. Yes. Yes. I would never. Yes. Um, but so that, that also is an opportunity for a joke that would have been great to fans like Blanche making a joke being like, he's young. He has time forever. I'm only in my early forties. I don't have that much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Something... Or like, I mean, he's only, I know he's only two years younger than me, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so she talks about um, when she's trying to figure out what kind of business she wanted to get into. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, and I said to myself, what is it oh, that yeah. I'm really good at that could make me a lot of money? And Sophia <laughs> goes, Oh, Oh, and Blanche goes, something that I'm good at. And then Sophia and Rose go, ooh, ooh. And she goes, something that could 
benefit mankind. And then Chewie joins in. Ooh, ooh. And she goes, something that's legal. And they're all like, oh. oh. Um, and then I love that Sophia, first of all, Sophia says she's never gone into the only business she ever went into was like she put a sign out that says see Dorothy, world's biggest baby, 25 cents. But she yeah. had the pizza and knish stand. Yeah, she did. But her setup for why Dorothy looked big was really funny. <laughs> the fact that she like I couldn't I was trying to picture it, but she just like put her under a box or something and made her head look really big and her body really small. Like what? Did, how did she set that up? Oh, it was like something with like sausages or kielbasa. <laughs> I forget. I didn't write it down. It was funny though. Um, but yes, but but yeah, Chewie explains um, to Blanche that Roland is just like her. He also has yeah. dreams of wanting the hotel to run smoothly, but for some reason she thinks that because he's younger, she's the one that deserves the dream. And again, this is where it's like. It seems a little muddy to me, whatever. It does, but at the same, I mean, there are definitely many missed opportunities for how this story could go because there are some really interesting dynamics between Roland and Blanche here. Um, but I do love how Blanche or Rose kind of like sets both of them up to confront each other mm -hmm. in a really sweet way. Again, showing that Rose is not as dumb as we think in that yeah. she tells, you know, Blanche to go look on Oliver and then she calls Roland to also be like, go look on Oliver, mm -hmm. knowing that the two of them will meet and be forced to talk, which is, I think, a really, a really good, a really good. Yeah, moment. it's very, it's a very parent trap kind of thing. It's yeah. very sweet. Um, it's nice. I like it a lot. Yeah. So Blanche is talking to him and, you know, Oliver tells Blanche that Roland also wants what's best. And then he mm -hmm. says, this is our home. And this hits Blanche and she's like, yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? It's a sweet moment again, it's however. It's a jarring moment because it's like, oh God, this really is their home now. The house is gone. Yeah, but this is, it, it's it's supposed to be like Blanche in this moment is supposed to learn something about Don Cheadle that she yeah. hadn't yet considered. And it's like, oh yeah, this is why I've been kind of being unfair to him. But- mm -hmm. To say this is our home, that's not new information. No, but I mean, to Blanche. But I get it because it is information where, you know, with the rush of like starting the hotel and working at the hotel and doing everything for the hotel, you can sometimes forget to stop for a moment and, and realize this very big shift in their lives. I mean, a mm -hmm. big shift in their lives from where what they were to where they are now. And so I get it. It's and and I like this scene a lot because it gives even little Oliver is like, give him a break, like give him something, give Roland yeah. something because Roland is a part of this family and they are kind of all a family now, a new family. And and the thing with Oliver, though, why is Oliver's room, his bedroom, a one of the hotel rooms and b in a hallway with a guest, other guests, particularly one that they think is a murderer. Literally, the murderer has to get ice outside of Oliver's bedroom. Like that, that's not safe to me. I mean, I like to think that I like to think that Oliver's in really good hands with Roland and he's probably in a better I I position. 
oh God, my computer is dying. It's going to fall asleep unless I plug it in. Okay. We're not going to stop recording guys. This is happening live. Hey, Jalen, hey, Jalen, Saul, Saul, I'm going to go. I have to, I have to plug this in. Okay. We're, okay. Saul, tell everybody a story. I'm going to tell everyone a story about um, this. Uh, Don, should Don we just Cheadle. stop recording? No, we should keep going. You go, okay. get that, you go get that charger. Wow, guys, we are in this together. So the thing with Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle wore pants that were very apropos of the early 90s. They were flowy. They were baggy. They had sort of like a, a bit of an air to them. And when Don Cheadle moves through the rooms at the Golden Palace, the pants move with him. And well, I don't know what Don Cheadle has. I have not Googled anything about Don Cheadle because I want to respect him and, and, and who he is as a person. But I do know that Don Cheadle is a man. He is a real man. And wow, those pants, when they move, as Don Cheadle moves through the Golden Palace, you see things that you wouldn't expect to see from Don Cheadle, that you're kind of like, wow, Don, I guess Robert Downey Jr. isn't the only Iron Man here, <laughs> you know? You know what I'm saying? Because he was in the Iron Man sequels. He took over for Terrence Howard, who I saw in one film, I think it was Hustle and Flow, I forget, that Terrence Howard is not Don Cheadle. Like he does not, he doesn't have what Don Cheadle clearly has. And so there's a scene, you can Google that. I mean, don't Google it, just watch the movie, you know, respect to Terrence Howard too. But Terrence does not have what Don has clearly. And and it's uh, it's a nice, it's nice to see Don Cheadle out there in those early '90s flowy pants. So I don't know, I I can't wait for more Don Cheadle pants flowiness happening uh, throughout. And Carrie is back. She plugged in her computer, and I love that she didn't hear anything. Whoa, she didn't hear anything that I just said. Um, but I hope she listens to it when when this episode comes out because I personally think that it was a love letter to Don Cheadle. What? <laughs> Okay. Were you talking? You weren't. Okay. We were talking. Were you talking about? I went in depth about Don Cheadle and how we learned that he wasn't, you know, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't the only Iron Man in the Iron Man films. Don Cheadle was also an Iron Man in more ways than one. What do you mean in more ways than one? Oh, come on, Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) What? I've watched all the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. how pure and innocent you are officially the the rose of this podcast oh because i'm clearly talking about anyway let's go on (laughs) (laughs) so there is a murderer sleeping down the hall (laughs) from oliver's bedroom yeah so like yeah yes it's i have to wonder it's wonderful what roland is doing in fostering billy but like random but wonderful kid I mean, he was, I believe he was skipping school to hand out flyers with Sophia. To encourage people to come get drunk. Right. Yeah. I mean, this Oliver, someone call Child Protective Services. Someone needs to call someone about Oliver. Yeah. I did enjoy, though, Bobcat Goldthwait trying to get the ice and um, (laughs) telling, telling, um, uh, Blanche, everybody needs to be needed. Tell him that. Do it. <laughs> Which made me like it was so sweet. It was like, but it was funny too at the same time. And then at the end of the scene, when he got the eyes and he went back to his room, and then uh, Roland and Blanche run away <laughs> from because yeah. they're afraid of him. Again, 
this is further proof that Don Cheadle is not a good foster parent. Roland is not a good foster parent in that he ran away from Oliver's room, not to Oliver, knowing that he's running away from a murderer. You run to your child to protect your child from the murder. I don't know. This whole, I, I, Oliver needs help. Yeah, we got to get that kid out of there. We got to get that um, kid out of there. So the next morning, Sophia comes down from, from her room with a sugar hangover. Um, yeah. And I forget, Blanche <laughs> says something so like, over. yeah, Blanche is like, oh, you got a sugar hangover. And Sophia says, dry up, you round heeled mattress queen. <laughs> I do love that both uh, Rose or no, uh, Blanche and Roland kind of love seeing, you know, Sophia hungover it's like yeah. a cute sight it's it was cute, cute. it was cute. cute um so they all turn on the tv to watch the barbara legrant show <laughs> and there's a fun reveal that bobcat goldthwaite is not actually one of the murderers but he is the head psychiatrist of course he is <laughs> um which is so fun and then he recommends yeah. to all the prisoners on the panel that if they want a place to stay for relaxation it should be at the golden palace <laughs> end of episode faces oh my god yeah. Although, wouldn't they have stayed there anyway if all yeah, of the guests at have. the Barbara Legrant show? They would have. So, who is at the hotel that they don't know of? That's yeah. I so, I feel about. like they were so focused on yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait and they were really just um, stereotyping him, I guess, yeah. as a murderer because he had long hair and was really loud and kind of weird. Mm-hmm. When really, murderers were probably actually walking the halls of the hotel and they didn't even realize. I it. often think that. Like when I'm at Target and something, I do sometimes think to myself, I wonder if anyone's murdered someone in here. Like not actually murdered, but if there's a murderer with me in Target, you know, or mm-hmm, at the store mm-hmm, that I'm at. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, is someone that I'm passing by just picking up like, I don't know, Kashi Goline. Um, spoiler alert on that too. It doesn't make you lean. Uh, but if I'm picking up Kashi Goline and maybe the guy in the hall, like on the aisle next to me murdered someone. I don't, you know, how am I going to know? He likes Kashi Goline. He's probably ordering what's a murderer cereal. He's probably ordering like frosted flakes. Sure. That sounds like a murderer cereal for sure. Yeah. But before we get to our golden takeaways, we do have to talk about the bumper on this um, episode because the Mm -hmm. credit little bumper, the little scene that they have between Mm -hmm. Sophia and, and, and Rose is really, really cute. They again are watching the Barbara LeGrant show mm-hmm. and is it grand or grant i think it's legrant yeah legrant and they talk about thorndike it's thorndike yeah <laughs> they talk about the bedwetters and they're all going to be coming to stay at the hotel as well again um yeah midnight and- shame adults who wet the bed <laughs> i love whoever comes up with the episode title i know it's so great and then rose what does rose say rose says something like oh, you there's can something there's something we're used to, huh, babe? She yeah. calls her babe. <laughs> which I love, which is so not what Rose would call Sophia no. at all. No. But it is really, really It was funny. really, really sweet. Yeah. yeah, that was the episode. Oh, so fun. So let's take a break and then we'll come back with our golden takeaways. Okay, we are back with our golden takeaway. Golden takeaway is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can take from this episode and apply to your life or the lives of our listeners as Carrie and I are about to do. Um, So Carrie, what is your golden takeaway from this episode? Oh boy, what is my golden takeaway? 
I feel like there's a list here because, you know, we have the safety of Oliver. We have, you know, the management of the hotel. Maybe don't wear pajamas as customers are walking around potentially. Like maybe actually have someone working the night shift in clothes. Strawberries. Oh, okay. I, I want to eat some strawberries. Mm. When I saw them playing poker, the little beautiful bunch of strawberries that Sophia collects mm-hmm. into her hands. I was like, you know what? I'd like some strawberries. Mm. So my goal to take away is just strawberries. I'd like to eat them. And then I while I'm strawberry eating them, cake recently, yeah. there you go. I'd like yeah. to bake something with the strawberries, maybe like a short cake situation. See, I prefer that, but Michael doesn't like that. I wanted that. I, I not, the cake was way too sweet for me, but he loves that. I, I just, I oh, a little too sweet little too yeah i want cake to have some texture to it there needs to be some like a nice balance of flavors Mm. you know what i mean it can't Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. be crazy Mm -hmm. sweet to me and Mm -hmm. there there needs Mm -hmm. to be something else yeah 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 my golden takeaway from this episode again a hard one and i want to fall back on um my love of don Cheadle, early don Cheadle. uh but i won't because i feel like i'll be talking a lot about don Cheadle's Cheadle. Um, so instead (laughs) i will uh refrain from that and say that I'm not a kid person. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I am, I love, I love Zelda, of course, but I'm an adult person that enjoys children. That sounded bad. I'm an adult person that like can enjoy the company of children. Um, Michael Scott, you're a little kid lover. That also is unfortunate. No, but I, I do it from the, the reality, knowing that I'm going to go to my home afterwards and be alone or be without children. And, uh, so I, I'm not one to be like, we need to save this kid, but I do feel strongly that we need to save Oliver. There needs to be a campaign. Someone needs to call the authorities. I don't want Roland to get in trouble because I don't think Roland is a bad parent necessarily. I take that back. Roland is a bad parent. Um, and he probably should not have Roland considering that a potential that they thought a murderer was sleeping down the hall from their son. You don't let that happen. You know that was I mean? an unfortunate circumstance. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't let that happen. You, mm-hmm. you maybe, maybe Oliver should have slept with Roland that night. Like, which again, I've never thought I've been jealous of a child, but I, in that situation would be very jealous of Oliver. Anyway, I made it back more about Don Cheadle <laughs> Cheadle. So <laughs> I feel like every goal so that be about was Don the episode. <laughs> um, I had a blast. This was so much fun. And yeah. Uh, everybody stay tuned because next week we will be watching episode three miles. We hardly knew you. Oh my God. I, fucking you know, we have some strong opinions about Samuel Plankmaker. Oh my God. I hate him so much. Anyway, guys, thank you again for listening. I am H Allen Scott and Sadie Pines on literally everything. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of it. Follow, follow, follow. And I am Squidzy on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. And remember also to check out Hoo Ha our wonderful podcast yes. parent company and all of their amazing, amazing podcasts. And follow the podcast, our podcast on social media. You can go to HL or not HL Scott. You can go to outonthelanai.com. You can also go to hlscott.com if you want to find out more about the podcast. Um, but you can also follow us on Instagram where we'll be posting lots of new stuff. Most of our communication and stuff will be on Instagram and Twitter. Our Instagram is out on Lanai official. Our Golden Girls are the podcast. The Twitter, wow, is Golden Girls Pod. And Facebook is Golden Girls Podcast. And that is all of our socials.
Yes. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. It's so great to be back. We so love great. you all. Let us know what you're so thinking great. about the Golden Palace. And in the meantime, remember, stay, stay golden. golden. I forgot the as always there. See, I'm a mess right now. I need more Don Cheadle in my life. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs>